welcome to the Dream Home Movement. You're here with Joe Violetta from Violetta Finance. And as always, I'm joined by my fabulous co-host, Tara Vandalite of Building Dreams Mornington Peninsula. Now, we have a very special show for you tonight, a little bit different to our usual shows, a bit of a different format. And the reason that we have this super special episode of the Dream Home Movement for you is that it's Global Money Week. Global Money Week is an annual celebration that aims to build awareness around the importance of financial literacy in kids. And that's super important. What does that have to do with the Dream Home Movement? Well, let's face it. If you want to buy your dream home, your finances are going to need to be in order, my friend. So... We have two of our very favorite money experts in the studio tonight. We have Sam Keats of Keats Accounting. Hi, Joe and Tara. Thanks for having me tonight. And we also have Carl Violetta of Violetta Finance. Good evening, ladies. Hope you're having a good night. Carl and Sam have bravely volunteered to join us in the studio tonight to answer live money questions from kids. Yep, you heard that right. Kids are in the studio firing questions at our experts, L-I-V-E, live. So uh, you're very courageous. And uh, I, I tip my hat to you if I was wearing a hat, but I'm wearing headphones right now. Teaching kids about money and finances is really important. It provides them with the skills they need to make smart money decisions as adults and build a solid financial foundations and dream homes are built on solid financial foundations. So that's what we're aiming to do tonight is to help kids build solid financial foundations. Coming up next, our first junior junior reporter is live on air. Lucy will take the mic to ask our experts money questions. Take me home tonight. I just want to show you the truth. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement. It's Tara here, and we have a very special episode today, which is about Money Week. And we thought, who better to interview for Money Week than Sam Keats from Keats Accounting and Carl from Violetta Finance. And we have the fabulous Lucy, young Lucy here, who's going to ask us a question about money. Ask away, Lucy. I've noticed I get a few cents from the bank each time I deposit into my account. Can you please explain why that happens? Lucy, that is a really good question. So it sounds like you have got a savings account and each time that you make a deposit and you don't take any money out, the bank actually pays you an interest on keeping your money with them. So if you have, say, $10 in there and you get $0.25 every month, that's actually the bank rewarding you for keeping your money in there, which is a good thing. Yeah, it's a really, really good way of topping up your savings as well because all you're having to do is leave your money in the bank and it's growing for you. So, you know, you're starting off on your investments, so well done. Thank you. What a very interesting question. Well, and 
I have one more. Oh, fantastic. Let's hear it. How much money per hour will I get if I work in a cafe when I'm at high school? Like, around about. Oh, is that a minimum wage question? <laughs> I might get Sam to answer this question. So how, are you, how old are you now, Lucy? <laughs> I'm nearly 10. Okay. So you can get a job um, in a cafe or something when you're, I think it's 14 years and nine months. And the pay rates aren't terribly high. So you're probably looking at around about $12 an hour, maybe a little bit less, depending on what days of the week you're working and those sorts of things. But it's all a starting point. And then as you get more experienced and you get a bit older and your skills grow, you'll be able to earn more money as well. Thank you. I actually have one really good question of my own is with your first job, where should you be putting that money? Ah, well, these days, um, if you're working with an employer, they're probably going to want um, to put it in directly into your bank account. Not many employers are dealing with cash these days. So always a good idea for, for kids to have a bank account for, for doing all of those sorts of things. There's a whole lot of forms you need to fill in as well. So if any of the parents have got kids that are going to be starting jobs soon, you know, you're welcome to give us a call and we can point you in the right direction because um, there's a, a ways that you can do it without it costing you any money to, to get kids set up properly. That's a really good idea, actually. Yeah. From the start, get it right. Absolutely. <laughs> Unlike when I was a kid, I had like, like you know, uh, you start with the the um, shoebox full of receipts. So Yeah, and I'm sure Carl will tell you that uh, the banks love seeing a history of savings as well, so they like seeing all that money go into your account. Electronically. Take me home tonight I just want to show you that you Welcome back. We have our second fantastic, fabulous junior reporter with us, Baden. Welcome to the studio, Baden. Hello. Hi. Now, I understand that you have a question for our money experts, Carl and Sam. Would you like to ask your question? Yeah. <laughs> I have a bank account. When is it best to take the money out? So let's say that you've got a few hundred dollars out and you've been saving really, really hard and you probably got that from uh, Christmas presents and birthday presents and you see something that you really like. You might see a really nice toy um, or maybe a game for your um, game console uh, and you want to take $20 out. I think that would be a perfectly good time to take money out to spend on something that you really, really love. I try and discourage kids taking money out of their savings to buy maybe some lollies or some um, chewing gum or junk food that's not really a good use of your money you know you have your parents to buy you that kind of stuff maybe in your house <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts sam yeah, look, it's always if you if you're not using the money, the best the bank really is the best place to put it because as we were talking about with Lucy, they're going to pay you interest, so you're going to get extra money just for having it in there. But um, yeah, wait until you've saved up for what you need, and then leave it in as long as possible, and then take your money out to to buy what you've been saving for. How does that sound, Baden? Sounds good. Very. Are you saving for something in particular at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. What are you saving up for? I reckon I could have a guess at this. I reckon you might be saving for a new Apple Watch, maybe. Is that, no. no. No? Okay. Got that one wrong. 
I know you something can't something to do with sport. Yeah, I know you can't see. Obviously, this is the radio, so everyone can't see in the studio. But Baden's mum is in the studio, and she's standing behind me, making some sort of furious and expansive arm motion. I think it might be a bow and arrow. <laughs> there we go. It's, it's a compound bow. <laughs> oh compound wow, a compound bow. bow. That wow. sounds really fantastic. Cool. Do you know how much a compound bow costs? No. No? About 500 oh. bucks, I think Mum was saying. So, <laughs> so looks maybe like you've, you've got a bit more to go with yeah. your savings. Keep yeah. trying. Do some extra jobs. <laughs> well, good luck with saving for your compound bow. When you get it, we'd love to get a photo of you with it and we can pop it um, on our Instagram page because that sounds really fantastic and we wish you all the best in your savings goals. Thank you so much for joining us in the state, um, in the studio tonight, Baden. You're a fantastic junior reporter. Uh, I think Baden's going to head out now and have some donuts with the other kids. We brought some in. And coming up next, we have our next junior reporter, CJ. Take me home tonight. I just want to show you the truth. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement. It's our very special Global Money Week episode and we have our next junior reporter in the studio, CJ. Welcome to the studio, CJ. Hi. Hey, thank you so much for coming tonight. Now, I understand that you have a question for our money experts. Yeah. When I get older, if I don't have enough money, what would I do? So, um, in Australia, we do have Social Security. So, the government is there to help people who are on low income. Um, that There's number of, a number of different ways they do that. So, there are payments that they make to people that um, aren't earning very much. And then they also give you um, discounts on things as well. So... That's kind of the main the main form of help, and then there are some um, charity groups and things out there as well. And then long term, of course, people perhaps would look at um, maybe getting a second job or something like that to help them pay their way. Yeah, um, like if I don't have enough money to buy like a car, say, then like how would I save up for that? Oh well, that's where you go and see Carl. With regards to buying a car, um, I'd imagine that it's going to be your first car. So if you are a planner, like someone that likes to think things and look forward, then you know you probably want to start saving towards a car because buying a car is quite expensive. Uh, and that way, you know, you can, you can get your money, uh, that way. And when, when you start, when you're old enough to start working part time, you know, you could save a large portion of your part-time work um, into savings and then allow yourself a little bit of money where you can spend things on stuff that you want to buy, something small. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Yeah? And I think um, some people will tell you that it's okay, you just go and get a loan for a car, Mm -hmm. that it's it's just finance, then you just pay it off. But um, you've got to think long term as well. So while you might want to go out and get a really good car and borrow a lot of money to do that, that might then stop you doing other things. So it might stop you from traveling or from um, putting money towards your first home. So you've kind of got to think about your priorities too. And um, while it's certainly you want something that's going to be um, cost efficient, you don't necessarily want to go and borrow a lot of money to buy something consumable like a car so you think long term about what your options are you know once you get to a certain age it is quite easy to get loans and you want to try and stay away from from that trap at a young age 
Um, particularly when you buy your first car, you want to be able to pay for that out of your own savings rather than sort of relying from getting a, getting a personal loan um, to buy your first car as well. So if you can get into that habit uh, of saving some money, honestly, it'll put you in good stead when you're a little bit older. Okay. And just while we're on the topic very quickly, Carl and Sam, what were your first cars, just out of interest? Uh, my my dad bought me a, a Honda Civic. Uh, I don't think he quite thought it through properly, having three kids and me being the oldest. Oh, dear. And I don't think he realised it was classified as a sports car either. So I really loved zipping around in it. And I tell you what... The sunroof was amazing. It was a, a beautiful car. That's a fair, fair first car. It was. My dad's a, a mechanic by trade, ah. so um, he'd um, bought it and done it up for me. So Aww. he did a, a immaculate job on it. It was a beautiful car. Oh, that's lovely. What about you, Carl? Mm. Well, I um, bought my first car. Um, I bought a Holden Gemini. It was a 1979 coupe. It was a color aqua um it was an automatic and it lasted me about two years before it clonked out on me i can picture you in an aqua oh, in yeah. an aqua it was hot coupe. let me tell you i didn't <laughs> think you'd be driving an automatic car even oh, i was driving no. a manual car. yeah yeah no it was a it was a first car so it was a good car to learn in and you know i didn't spend too much so um and then once that car um gave way then i was able to to buy a, a better car i guess well, thank you for that insight. And CJ, thank you so much for coming into the studio and being a, a junior reporter. You did a fantastic job. Uh, so thank you very much. Did you have fun? Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. Oh, good. Well done. Well, we're going to go for a quick break. And when we come back, we have our next junior reporter, Mason. Take me home tonight. I just want Welcome back. We have our next, our second last, very special junior reporter in the studio. Welcome, Mason. Hello. Thank you so much for coming in. Your brother Baden did a great job earlier on, and uh, I understand that you've got a few questions to ask our money experts. So would you like to fire away with your first one? Yep. I'm starting a business with my brother and a friend any advice? Ah, well, um, I know your mum is uh, quite savvy in the area of starting businesses, so um, take all of her advice, listen to what she says, she knows what she's talking about. My advice would be just to get all of your paperwork lined up from the beginning. So make sure you keep really good records, uh, not just about the money that's coming in and the money that's going out, but also about your ideas and your business plan and all of those sorts of things. By writing it down, you're going to help it to, to grow and prosper and make sure that you've got a plan for what you're going to do with all the money you're going to make as well. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. What's your next question? What are the best accounts for business? If you're just starting out... I would suggest that perhaps you don't go and open a specific business account, but maybe you just look at a, a savings account. The reason being that there are, the banks should offer you a savings account that doesn't have any monthly fees attached to it, and quite often they will charge you a fee if there's a business account because of extra services they're going to give you. So start off small with a savings account. Look for something that's going to pay you a bit of interest, and then as your money grows, um, you can look into your options about you know, keeping some in a bank account that you're using to pay for the business expenses, but having a, a high-interest account 
to make you more money as well. Oh, that's smart. So you can almost be making money for free. Yeah, that's In addition right. to your business money. Oh, I love that. And Mason, I understand you have one more question. Yeah, I do. Is being a business owner at 12 a good thing or a bad thing? Look, I, I think a bit of entrepreneurship is a wonderful thing at any age. Um, you're never too young or too old to start a business as far as I'm concerned. We've all got some um, pretty fabulous ideas. So if you've uh, found something that you're passionate about, go for it. I love that. What do you think, Carl? Because you've, you, you've, you've been working since you were very young. I think you started working, giving out coins or something. Yeah, I remember my first job. Mm. I was working for a surf life saving club up in the Gold Coast. Mm. And um, uh, behind the club, there was um, public toilets that had hot showers. Mm. So after the beach, you know, you want to get your, you want to get change, uh, get uh, freshen up. You know, you'd pay 20 cents to come in back then. Yep. That was at about uh, 13 I started. Uh, I take my hat off to you. Starting a business uh, at a very young age is a fantastic thing to get into and i think i would just echo um, what sam has said to you earlier in terms of her advice i would definitely have some plans in place Um, i think a lot of business owners kind of have an idea in their head and they just act on it straight away that's a good thing but also that's a bad thing what's bad about it well you kind of don't know the mechanics of your business so if you've got an idea write it down and maybe Think it through in terms of what your business is going to look like, who you got, who your customers is going to be, what are you selling, where you're going to get it from, all those things. And as I understand, your mum's going to be a very, very good mentor for you. Um, so I wish you all the best. And if you ever need a good accountant, you know, that you can always call Sam. Um, when you get to an older age and you want to expand your business and you need some capital, then you can definitely call me. I'd definitely be able to give you some guidance in that space. Can you just explain what capital is? So capital is when, you know, you are making so much money and you want to take your business to a whole new level. You know, instead of just dealing with Mornington Peninsula, you want to deal with with Australia and you want to grow and expand. You're going to need more money to do that. So um, I have lenders and banks that look at that type of um, scenario and will help businesses take the business to a whole new level. How does that sound, Mason? Good. Very good. Well, thank you so much for coming into the studio. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. It was a pleasure to have you. You did a great job as a junior reporter. Coming up next, we have our last junior reporter for the evening, Annabelle. Take me home Welcome back. We have our very last junior reporter in the studio, Annabelle. Welcome to the studio, Annabelle. Thanks. <laughs> very happy to have you here. And uh, Annabelle, I think that you might know one of our money experts. Oh, I think you know both of them, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where do you know our money experts from? Well, I know Sam because she's my mum. And I know Carl because I was doing a different type of money talk last year, but it was not on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Actually, all of our junior reporters that came on the radio tonight um, joined us last year for Global Money Week to do a special um, a kids edition of our Ask Carl video series. So, Annabelle, you have you have some questions for our money experts. How many questions have you got? 
two. Two questions. Fantastic. All right. Far away with your first question. What should I do with my pocket money? We've got a bit of a, a three-prong approach in our house, haven't we, Belle? Oh, that um, sounds interesting. Yeah, so we have out-of-the-pocket money that the kids get. They have, um, obviously, we save most of it, but we have some that's for spending mm. uh, and also some for donating as well. Oh, so wow. Annabelle and Mitchell both have um, some kids that they sponsor over in Fiji. Yes. So um, they save some of their money towards that as well. So. Um, we like to do a bit to give back to the community. But, um, yeah, that's that's how we do it in our house and we kind of have a, a basic amount of pocket money that people can get and then you can earn more as well. So, mm. um, And the best way to earn more in our house is to actually do things without being asked above and beyond your normal chores. And oh, then, I like that. And you just that. get bonus money. So oh, that's like where that. the, uh, the tuck shop money at the end of the week tends to come from. Love the bonus money idea. Uh, we've got a similar structure. Uh, so our youngest is three and our eldest is 16. We we use pocket money as an educational tool so it's a it's a way to teach kids how to manage money and give them safe opportunities to make decisions around money and uh, we all do chores in the house and we do that because we're part of a team absolutely and that's how the house runs however there are ways to make extra money so if you want extra pocket money then um, yeah do some extra work around the house and I love the idea of having those three ways that you allocate the money save spend and give now, you had a second question. I heard that on Behind the News that boys get more pocket money than girls. What do you think about this? Here we go. <laughs> Look, that, that really shouldn't um, be the case. I think that I think the, the pocket money should be pretty general. You know, there should be boys shouldn't get higher than the girls and vice versa. I think it should be all be pretty equal. Equal pay for equal work. That's it. Fair pay for a fair day's work. Exactly. Uh, well, that that was um, that was a hard hitting journalist question. <laughs> well done. But yeah, we all agree that whether you're a boy or a girl, you should get paid the same amount of pocket money. So no, that's not that's not good. Mm. And hopefully that will change. Annabelle, thank you very much for coming into the studio and being a junior journalist for the second year in a row. And hopefully we'll have you back next year. Thank you. Thanks again. We would like to thank our money experts who bravely came in tonight and had all the questions fired at them. And I'll let you know that our money experts didn't weren't given any pre-warning as to what any of the questions were. It was all completely oh, live. Spoil all the fun. <laughs> exactly. It was all completely live. And um, on the spot. So Sam and Carl, you did really well. Thank you so much. And of course, so did all of our junior reporters. Now, Sam, if people want to contact you or follow you, uh, where can they find you? Uh, yes, yeah, so the business is called Keats Accounting. We do have a, a Facebook page and we post there regularly and have uh, weekly tax tip videos and things that you can follow on there as well. Um, we are in Carrum Downs at the top of the morning to Peninsula. So uh, contact phone number if you need to get in touch with us is 97708622. Uh, or um, find us on Facebook. Yes, and you have a fabulous weekly um, video series called Tuesday Tax Tips, so it's definitely well worth following Sam on uh, on Facebook. Carl, how can people find you and get in contact with you? 
Yeah, we've also got a Facebook page as well, uh, Violetta Finance. Um, we also do weekly uh, tips uh, on videos in terms of uh, some general advice on how to um, prepare yourself when you're looking at getting finance, in particular uh, residential home loans. Um, we are also based in Karen Downs. You're we, in very close proximity to Sam. We are, yes. We're on the same level, actually. Um, <laughs> you know, when you've got a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got an awesome little uh, co-working team out there. Yeah, we do. We do. We, we work really, really well together. And um, it's, a, um, yeah, it's, it's a real privilege to be sharing an office with, with Sam. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure she feels the same way as well. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So we're in Cameron Downs. Um, people can you know, get in contact with me um, by calling me. Uh, on, on the mobile. Uh, otherwise, they can um, send us uh, an inquiry or a message on our um, on our website, which is violettafinance.com.au. And it's Violetta with one T, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, one T, correct. And Carl, you do go and visit your clients, don't you? They don't have to come to you in Caram Downs if that's not local to them? That's right, yeah. So we also do a mobile service as well. A lot of um, my clients uh, have got young families, so it's often hard and difficult to sort mm. of arrange meetings. So I make it easier for them and uh, I, I go and visit uh, at their place um, yeah. where it's nice and comfortable. Kids are all tucked in in bed and we can, you know, talk a little bit more about business. About business. About business, generally. About business and yeah. home loans and all of that sort of thing. But if you wanted to visit Sam and Carl in their office, they do have a beautiful family-friendly, pram-friendly, baby-friendly office and kids are very much welcome. There's toys there and colouring books and all of that sort of thing. Thank you again, Sam and Carl, and thank you so much to our junior reporters. Now, the replay of this episode will be available on iTunes on Wednesday, March the 28th. So I'm sure all the parents will um, will download that episode and listen to it. But you're very welcome to uh, subscribe to the Dream Home Movement podcast. Coming up next, we have Market Watch with Tara. Take me home tonight. I just want to show you the true light. Light me up and make me feel alright. Because, baby, we are always Welcome back. Uh, so we are heading back into some semblance of normality now. Of course. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun, hasn't it? It has. It yeah. has. These kids come up with the most amazing thing. So just a quick market watch. We're talking about money today, obviously, it being money week. I thought for market watch we could talk about how you figure out the value of a house. Oh, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. So do you know, Joe? what equation would you say is the most accurate? How much is a house worth? Oh gosh, I don't know because it. I hope you weren't expecting me to have some kind no, of like. No, 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 no. Just anything. Just tell me what you you'd say. Like, how much? How much is a house worth? How do you know? If you had to guess. Well, if I would, I certainly wouldn't look at what it's listed as. No. Okay. So, um, people when you ask them what, how do you know the value of the house? They say, oh, how many bedrooms hmm. or what street it's in and. All sorts of different equations, but the true value of a house is what someone's willing to pay for it. Oh, that's so true, isn't it? Yep. It's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. So houses, property, it has, it has an emotional connection to people and sometimes Mm -hmm. people will pay more for one in a street and less for the other. And they might on paper have exactly the same things, the same bedrooms, the same size block. But yeah, there's definitely that X factor. um, It's what somebody's willing to pay for it. So you've got to be realistic about that. So 
if you are in the market right now and you're looking to buy something and you're trying to sort of gauge how much that house should be worth mm. before you put in an offer, probably the best piece of advice I could give you is to um, sign up to a website called PriceFinder. Yes. So pricefinder.com.au. We're not sponsored by them in any shape or form, but PriceFinder is a very useful website. It's got a lot of data of the sold properties, the, the, what the properties have sold for. Right. So that's very useful when you want to obviously buy a house because you want to see what all the neighbors' houses have sold for recently neighboring houses so yeah so pricefinder.com.au it's about 178 for an investor or just a regular person to sign up for the month but if you are looking to buy a house it's really 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 smart investment you might have to buy it for three months but at least you can have some sort of tool with some sort of accuracy to know around about in the ballpark what it should be now, when you are using Price Finder or any particular data gathering thing to try and figure out what price a particular house is worth, it's kind of interesting because there are different particulars that change the price considerably. So we did talk about the amount of bedrooms that can mm-hmm. change the value of the house. So you, you want to be comparing it to something with similar bedrooms, similar bathrooms, obviously the condition of the house. Something that's really would it's kind of interesting, might skip your, your thought of mind, is the size of the block. So mm. let's say it's a 500-square-metre block. That's really not subdividable. Right. So generally mm. on the peninsula, the preference is you want something at least 600 and plus yep. to even be in the world of it possibly happening, and sometimes it has to be more than that. So it depends on the size of the block. It also street frontage, how much street frontage a block has. Mm-hmm. So the bigger the street frontage, the more desirable it is from a development point of view. Because so the wider the block the wider is. wider the block, okay. absolutely, because then you can have possibly even two standalone houses. Ah. Yes, or at least wider ones. Mm. Um, so that's more desirable as well. The slope of the block as well. Is it a flat block? Is it sloped? Obviously, the street, that's a big deal as well. So there's a lot of things that come into play. But look, what I would do, if you find a house this weekend and you like it, you want to know what it's worth, okay, there's Price Finder that will help you. There's also a buying guide now, a price guide that all the agents have to supply you with, with comparable sales. Please take that, take it with a reasonable grain of salt because they're not going to they have to put three comparable properties in it but there's so many properties to pick from so they'll pick whatever it is to stack Mm. their argument Um, okay yeah so they might present it like it's it's going to go for um, less than what it would ever realistically Mm. go for or they might do the opposite thing they might do an aspirational price and try and make out that it's worth a lot more than what it is yes so they'll show examples that don't really 100% relate to what you're buying so it's best just to know your master just knowing your own self yeah another thing is how many people are at the open like oh yeah yeah. that's a really good indicator absolutely so let's say it's the second open Mm. if there's like a hundred people there it's going to go well above the asking price yeah Yeah. You know, if, if, if it's priced a little bit too good to be true, then it is, mm. unfortunately. So just know, know you, know your own mustard, what it is worth. Then also there's the factor of what is, what is it worth to you? How much are mm. you willing to pay for this? And a good way to sort of get that clear in your mind is say to yourself, if you saw it was sold tomorrow, let's say, let's say it sold, it, it's an $800,000 house and you saw that it sold for eight fifty. 
would you feel disappointed that you missed out? Yeah. Because yeah. because if you can say, look, if it went for eight fifty, I don't want it anymore. It's just too ridiculously priced. Mm. Then that's where you know where you want to be. You don't obviously want to go to the eight fifty world. You want it to be below that. So yeah, you've got to play that that scenario in your mind. If I was to lose it, at what point would I have wished I went five more or ten more? And, and at what point would have I wished I had walked away? Great advice as always for market watch. We've had a jam-packed show tonight, haven't we, Tara? Absolutely. Absolutely jam-packed. So we had our special Global Money Week episode because dream homes are built on strong financial foundations. So we had um, all of our fabulous junior reporters coming in and speaking to our money experts, which was a lot of fun. Absolutely. <laughs> a few curly ones there. A few curly ones. I think we had seven junior reporters in total, so that was Really great. And uh, also our fabulous market watch with Tara. I certainly picked up a oh, few tips you, there. It was really good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Again, thank you to our money experts, Sam and Carl, and to our junior reporters. We look forward to chatting with you next week. Please reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram under the Dream Home movement. Good luck with all of your projects. Until then, bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Dream Home movement. Wishing you all the best in your projects this week. We would love to chat and hear what you're up to, so please say hi on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to hanging out with you next week. Catch you soon.